are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Blackhawks. Today is Tuesday, September 8th, 2020. I am your host, Jack Bushman, tuning in for the 203rd episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether it be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day, so please be sure to go do that. Also, please go follow our Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some good stuff being posted there every day. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, to start off our show on this cloudy and gloomy Tuesday morning, we have another Blackhawks prospect being loaned over to Europe, with the latest being newly signed 24-year-old winger Pius Suter, going to the GCK Lions of Switzerland's NLB League, which is their second division. For those of you who don't know Pius Suter, he signed a very similar deal to Dominic Kubelik, which is a one-year contract worth $925,000. After they both, uh, Suter and Kubelik, they both had standout seasons in the NLA, which is Switzerland's top division, so I'm, I'm not really sure why Suter was loaned to an NLB team. Um, nonetheless, he scored a league-high 30 goals and 53 points en route to being named league MVP this past season, and Kubelik did similar stuff in the NLA the year before, so the Hawks are hoping Suter's game will translate just as well. It's not a shocker to see this team go out and get a European prospect. They love going overseas to get guys. Uh, And I like the decision to keep Suter's legs fresh heading into his first season in North America. He's another type of guy the team surely wants to be playing as much as possible after the COVID-19 pause. He's probably going to be a bottom six winger to start the season, but could have some middle six, maybe second line upside with his scoring touch. Uh, so, not a surprise move here from the Blackhawks. Suter's the fifth player to be loaned in the last week or so, joining Mate Halupa, Philip Kurashev, Tim Soderlund, and Michael Tepley. We also have some news from the NHL that came out this morning, which was that they have moved up the 2020 NHL draft a couple of days, with the first round taking place on Tuesday, October 6th. So, we are now officially less than one month away from the NHL draft, believe it or not. You know, with COVID and everything, we have the Stanley Cup finishing somewhere in the first couple of days of October, and then two or three days later is going to be the NHL draft, and then just a month after that, training camps are going to open up. So, a lot of things are going to be happening in a short amount of time in the NHL. Um, and for the Blackhawks, we know they're locked in with the 17th pick in the 2020 NHL draft, which a lot of people are upset with because there was an, uh, a chance for us to land the number one pick or even a top 10 selection had we not won the qualifying round series against the Edmonton Oilers. But in my opinion, I think the playoff experience was well worth winding up with the 17th pick because... It gave the young guys a chance to see what playoff speed and playoff intensity is all about. And it's not like they got 
three or four games. They got nine games of that, so I definitely think that will have value as guys like Kirby Doc, Adam Boquist, Dominic Kubelik, etc. As those guys progress and try and reach their full potential. And also, after the first, I don't know, four or five picks, usually in the draft, more than often, it's a crapshoot after that. So, we very well still could wind up with a really good player at 17, especially in this draft, because after the top 10 picks or so, it really is up and open. There are so many guys the Blackhawks could wind up with because of all the different scenarios. And I am going to start talking about some of those prospects in the next couple of weeks here on the podcast, now that uh, we are once again less than one month away from the 2020 NHL Draft. All right, I think that takes care of the latest news from the Blackhawks and the NHL on this rainy Tuesday morning. Coming up in just a minute, I am going to talk a little bit about Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Final between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders. And then we'll also have our daily Blackhawks 2020 postseason recap segment later on in the show. So be sure to stick around to find out who today's feature is. But first, I need to talk to you all about rockauto.com, the best place to shop for all your auto and body needs. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them the Lockdown Podcast Network sent you. That's rockauto.com for an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Listen, we've all had our share of car problems in the past. How much easier is it when you have an auto and body shop that you can rely on? Well, rockauto.com has your back for all the car parts you will ever need in any situation. One more time, check out rockauto.com for reliably low prices in an amazing selection. And make sure to let them know the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. RockAuto.com, an auto and body shop that you can trust for reliably low prices. Locked On Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I am your host, Jack Bushman. Be sure to check out my personal Twitter page at JackBushman2 and my Blackhawks Twitter page at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free wherever you may listen to your podcast and also on Twitter to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. So we just finished discussing the Blackhawks loaning Pia Suter to the GCK Lions in the NHL moving up the 2020 NHL Draft. Now I wanted to talk about Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Final between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders, which I previewed a bit on yesterday's episode. For those of you who tuned in, thank you. But for those of you who did not... I talked about how I personally just thought Tampa Bay's offense would be too much for the Islanders to handle, even without Steven Stamkos in the lineup. And in Game 1, my, oh my, 
What a show from the Lightning putting up eight goals against arguably the NHL's top defensive system that Barry Trotz has established out in New York. And they got torched for eight goals in an 8-2 to two loss. In Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov, and Victor Hedman, they continue to lead the charge for Tampa. Both uh, Point and Kucherov had five points in Game 1. Point had two goals and three assists. Kucherov had a goal and four assists. And those guys are playing with the puck on a uh, on a string right now. That line of Kucherov, Point, and Andre Palat, they were all over the place and had a couple of beautiful tic-tac goals in that in uh, game one. And they are looking lethal in transition in the offensive zone and on the power play. The power play went three for six last night, by the way, for Tampa Bay. And the Islanders just couldn't handle the depth and the star power that the Lightning have right now. I've talked about it a lot on the podcast because I picked Tampa Bay to win the Stanley Cup before these playoffs started, and I'm really feeling good about that pick right now because the Islanders have been playing really solid hockey in these playoffs. They've been playing as good as anybody, and the Lightning just made them look like an AHL team basically last night. So I don't know if anyone has the capability of slowing down the Lightning right now. If a defensive juggernaut, which... I don't know if that's a thing, but I'm going to say it is. If a defensive juggernaut like the New York Islanders just allowed eight goals to the Lightning, then I'm not sure there's a team remaining. I don't know if Dallas or Vegas would have a chance to stop Tampa Bay if they're on their A game. And for the Lightning right now, talking a little bit about their superstars, Braden Point has 23 points in 14 games this postseason. That's second just to Nathan McKinnon. And he's also on a seven-game point streak at the moment. Nikita Kucherov, he has 21 points in 14 games and 12 in his last five. So he's starting to pick it up and shift it into another gear in these playoffs, which is scary to think about. And for the Islanders, they're definitely not out of this series. That's a very good team that they have. But I think they have to come out and take Game 2 in order to have a chance because I don't think they can expect to beat Tampa Bay four times in six games. So for the Isles, throw Game 1 in the garbage, wipe the slate clean, get Simeon Varlamov back in net to start the game. Tomas Grice, interestingly, got the start in Game 1. And just give a better overall effort in Game 2 tomorrow night to try and gain some momentum against the hottest team in these Stanley Cup playoffs. The Lightning, by the way, they have only lost two games so far in these playoffs, let me remind you. So, Game 2 of that series comes tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Central Time. We'll see if the Islanders can piece it together to try and slow down that always dangerous Tampa Bay Lightning offense. We have Game 2 of the Western Conference Final between the Blackhawks division rival Dallas Stars and the team that knocked out the Blackhawks in the playoffs in the first round, the Vegas Golden Knights. That game kicks off at 7 p.m. Central Time tonight. And Dallas took Game 1 of that series 1-0 in a defensive battle as both teams finished with a mere 25 shots on goal in Game 1. Anton Kudobin pitched the shutout for Dallas, while Marc-Andre Fleury surprisingly got the start for the Golden Knights in Game 1. He allowed just one goal, which was to John Kling- Klingberg just three minutes into the game. So I wonder if 
Vegas head coach Peter DeBoer will go back to Robin Leonard in Game 2 after he had a shutout in Game 7 against the Vancouver Canucks. I suspect that will be the decision. But Fleury didn't play poorly. Both times he's seen action in the postseason, he's allowed just one goal. So do we see Marc-Andre Fleury back in net for Game 2 tonight against Dallas? We have yet to hear a decision from DeBoer, but I expect to hear one in the next couple of hours. He's a guy who is usually pretty open about his goaltender decisions. So once again, Game 2 of the Western Conference Final between the Dallas Stars and Vegas Golden Knights is tonight at 7 p.m. Central Time. That should be another close battle between two really well-rounded teams, and we'll see if Vegas is able to knot this thing up after a tough one nothing defeat to the hands of the Stars in Game 1. Alright, I think that will wrap up all the latest from the Stanley Cup playoffs that I wanted to talk about on today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Coming up in just a minute is our daily Blackhawks 2020 postseason recap segment where I take a look at one player and discuss how they fared for the Blackhawks during their short nine-game postseason run. This is the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. As always, I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can reach me on Twitter at JackBushman2 or at TalkinHockey, or you can also always email the Lockdown Blackhawks email, which is LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com for any questions you have about the show, myself, or anything that has to do with the remainder of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So before we get into our daily Blackhawks 2020 postseason recap segment, I have some breaking news surrounding Blackhawks pending UFA goaltender Corey Crawford, as according to The Athletic's Scott Powers, Crawford has been offered a one-year, $3.5 million contract from Stan Bowman and the Blackhawks, and the ball is now in Crawford's court in terms of a decision. So, first of all, I am happy that the Blackhawks are only offering Crawford a one-year contract. I just don't think they can afford to sign him for two or more years right now, even if he did prove that he still has some gas left in the tank. So I like the one-year offer, but I don't know if he's going to stay for $3.5 million when I think he can get four or maybe even 4.25, 4.5 in the open market. I know free agents aren't going to make as much this year because of the cap situation with COVID-19 and everything. The cap's going to stay at $81.5 million for each of the next three years. But I still think Crow could get four or maybe a little more somewhere else because of what he showed for the Blackhawks and that poor defensive team in the playoffs. But if he is willing to take a hometown discount, then $3.5 million isn't horrible. And for the Blackhawks, I think that wouldn't be a bad decision to pay their starting goaltender $3.5 million next season because the market isn't that great in terms of guys the Blackhawks could actually afford. I've talked about Tomas Grice and Anton Kudobin in the past, but those are guys who will also likely cost somewhere in that 4 to 5 
3.54, 4.5 Kudobin will probably get around 5, I'm guessing now, with how he's been in the playoffs. Um, but for the Blackhawks, 3.5 for their starting goaltender next season, that's probably ideal. So if Crawford is willing to sign that contract, I would be happy with that. I would be happy with that agreement. And I'll talk about this situation more throughout the week, but I just wanted to be sure to mention that quickly on today's episode with the news just coming out this morning. All right, I think that will now take us to the daily Blackhawks 2020 postseason recap segment here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, with today's feature being Blackhawks 27-year-old shutdown defenseman Connor Murphy. In the last two years, I think most of us Blackhawks fans can or at least should agree that Connor Murphy has established himself as a solid second-pairing defenseman when he's been healthy, and in the playoffs, we saw more of that from the former first-round pick of the Arizona Coyotes as he averaged 22 minutes and 13 seconds per game for the Blackhawks while skidding alongside Calvin DeHaan on the second pairing for a majority of his ice time. And by the way, that 22 minutes and 13 seconds of time on ice is nearly a minute more than what he averaged during the regular season in which he posted a career high in average time on ice. So the Blackhawks relied heavily on Connor Murphy and Calvin DeHaan in these playoffs. And for good reason, those two are expected to be the team's two best defensive defensemen. And even though they rarely posted a Corsi percentage above 50 or even close to 50 in any of their nine games together, They almost had the bend-but-not-break mentality as they weren't on the ice for many goals together despite them posting 35-40 Corsi percentages regularly. But when Murphy was paired with Duncan Keith for some of the limited minutes they had together in the playoffs, those two struggled together, and that's when most of the goals that Murphy was on the ice for occurred. So, we know that Murphy... We know what Murphy provides defensively for the Blackhawks. He racked up 17 blocks and 20 hits in the nine games played, and he saw mostly, uh, he played mostly in defensive situations, but he also quietly chipped in for four assists, with two coming in the first four games of the qualifying round series against the Edmonton Oilers, and then he also wound up with points in each of the Blackhawks' final two games against the Vegas Golden Knights. He had an assist in Game 4 and in Game 5. So, in total, Murphy wound up with four assists in the nine games. Those four came in the final seven of the Blackhawks' season, uh, which is really impressive for a defense uh, defensive-minded guy like Connor Murphy. And one thing that I was also really happy to see was that Murphy only had four penalty minutes in the playoffs. He was in the box way too much during the regular season, and that's been a problem for him in the past. So taking all of this into consideration, what he did on offense for the Blackhawks, surprisingly, and also what he did when he was kind of thrown to the wolves, per se, uh, in the defensive zone more often than not, I am going to give Connor Murphy a solid B for his efforts in the postseason. I would give him a higher grade, but in my opinion, he and Calvin DeHaan were not as solid as I hoped they would have been in the playoffs, and I don't know if it's really all their fault. I think it 
It's more so part of the team's weak defensive system overall. But Murphy Murphy did his part to help keep pucks out of the net, and he also chipped in with four points in nine games. So I'm really happy with what I saw from Connor Murphy in the postseason, but I do still think he has another level to reach in his game. Alright, so I think that is going to wrap up Connor Murphy's 2020 postseason recap and Tuesday, September 8th's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out every day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Locked On NHL podcast for all the latest news from the Eastern and Western Conference Final. Thank you again for tuning into today's episode. I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or my Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com or call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.